Welcome back to Outnumber the Podcast. You're listening to episode 208, and we are so grateful to be back for the new year. 2023 is our fourth year of podcasting, and we are just thrilled to continue to churn out content for you guys that we hope is helpful and helps you live your best life. Today, we're talking about approaching our goals in 2023 with a little bit of a shift than what you might be hearing, and that is eliminating the excuses that always pop up around the end of January, beginning of February. So let's dive in with five concrete tips to help you eliminate those excuses. Hello and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Hey friends, welcome back to Outnumbered, first one of 2023. Audrey, it feels like the future, right? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely the future. Oh, for somebody who was born in 1980, at 20 anything, it's like, wait, what? How do we not have flying cars yet? It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Elon Musk is working on it, but in the meantime, here we are on Earth. Um, we're talking about goals a little bit today and the things that get in the way of our goals uh, because new year, new you, right? Everybody's preaching it from the rooftops. Um, but every time things don't pan out the way we expect for our goals, um, we start finding excuses, right? And so we're going to talk about eliminating those excuses this year before they even come up. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. I have my, uh, I want to share my three-year-old is kind of in a cute stage because he is very advanced in talking, but it doesn't always come out the way that he intends. So he said some really cute things lately. <laughs> the other night we were getting ready for bed and he said, mommy, can you read me handsome and Gretel? <laughs> so cute. That makes a lot more sense than Hansel, let's be honest. Yeah. 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 And then another one he said the other day was, he was like, Mommy, we got up and we were naughty because we had de-cough caffeine. <laughs> de-cough caffeine. That's adorable. <laughs> forever no, forevermore, we're going to call it de-cough caffeine. De-cough caffeine. It's going to take you a minute to think of it, but that's so cute. <laughs> I know. you got to get it switched around. That's again. right. That's so cute. Oh, kids. All right. Okay. Let's first talk about our ideals, right, or our value set. We all have an idea of what perfection looks like, what we would love our life to look like, right? This vision of everything working out and we're exercising every morning and eating healthy. We always go back to that, right? Isn't that the January 1st thing? Everybody binges yeah. for Christmas. <laughs> we all are like salads only for this year. Um, but regardless of what your goal is, we have an idea of perfection. And that's kind of where we start thinking, if I just try hard enough, I can achieve that. And that's where everything goes wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, so in reality, we'll, we'll always have things we want to improve. Like, I don't think we can be human without thinking about how we can make things better, right? There's always something we want to improve. And so when we, when we achieve, let's say we achieve um, eating healthy and we've been doing that for years. Okay, so we've got that one, but a new one is going to come up. <laughs> That's how life is supposed to be, actually. When we overcome our current trials and struggles and things we're working on, something new is going to pop up. That's, I don't know, just keeps us moving forward, I guess. Yeah, I personally think that's part of who we are as divine beings kind of stuck here on earth, right? Is we're always trying to improve and be better and and reach for perfection. But we're 
just never going to get there because that's just how life is. There will always be something else to work on. Um, And so when we take this current reality and we compare it against where we would like to be or where we think we even should be, we will feel some discomfort, right? It comes in the form of a million different different feelings. But and just a quick example is like, if I want to eat healthy, that's part of my value set is I want to eat lots of fresh fruits and vegetables and whole grains and, and um, you know, healthy meats and these things. But instead I eat half of my kid's birthday cake, there's going to be some discomfort, not just physically, because there will probably be physical discomfort if you eat half a cake. But <laughs> same thing with like, you know, spiritual progress. I want to have a daily devotional, be in the scriptures, but instead I waste all my free time on Instagram there's also some discomfort in where I didn't measure up again, right? And we feel bad. Yeah. Let's put let's put some names to those feelings that um, we experience when we're not measuring up to our ideals. So frustration, guilt, anger, blame. Like if we're not very mature, we blame it on others. And if we're we've matured up a little bit, we blame it on ourselves. Embarrassment resentment, envy, shame, all all these are the names of the feelings that we could feel when we're looking at where we want to be as compared to where we are. Right, right. And Audrey and I firmly believe that all emotions are an important part of the human experience, but some emotions feel better than others, right? And the whole list Audrey just mentioned generally do not feel very good. Most people are not like, what do you do for fun? Well, I just sit around and feel shame. Yeah, that's like my favorite thing, right? I just really <laughs> like to be angry, you know? These are emotions that we guilt. generally oh, want. Yes. Oh my gosh, guilt, yes. <laughs> I just want to swim in guilt. <laughs> like the scarlet leather. Just sit there and flagellate yourself. <laughs> but sometimes they just come in and they're not our favorite things and we want to escape them, right? And so when we want to escape, guess what we do? We make excuses, right? And that helps us to escape some of this emotion that we deem as really negative emotion. Right. Excuses are like a Band-Aid. They don't fix the problem, but they give us a little way to feel better for not measuring up to our idea of where we should be. You've noticed if you have kids that Band-Aids are like magical. They like really don't do anything for a serious wound. But oh my goodness, a Band-Aid can fix everything. Yeah. My kids are always like skipping and hopping off after I put a Band-Aid on Especially them. if it's got a cute character on it. Done. Yeah. Like, Problem solved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the more expensive it costs for a box of them, the you know, the better it makes them faster. It makes them feel better. <laughs> of course. Of course. Side note about Band-Aids. My husband loves to buy Band-Aids and fill them in the stockings. And then my Christmas morning is just covered with Band-Aid litter everywhere because, of course, they have to put them on like stickers. I'm like, why do we do this every year? I know. I think I've said a thousand times, Band-Aids are not stickers. <laughs> but but they are. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give you guys an example. Let's say that one of my goals is to be a kinder mom. It is. Side note. Spoiler alert. I want to be a kind mom. So when I lose my temper and shout or yell or get angry or whatever – then I like to make excuses. It's like instantaneous. You guys, I I catch myself doing this all the time. I think, well, I wouldn't yell at them if they weren't so messy. If they could just learn to clean up after themselves, I wouldn't have to yell. I even say that to my kids sometimes, not in my finer moments. If you guys would just stop being such jerks to each other, I wouldn't have to lose my temper. Uh, Yeah. Okay, mom. (laughs) That's not how it works, but okay. (laughs) If it makes you feel better. If my baby had let me sleep, then I wouldn't be such a mean mom. If you'd stop fighting, you know, any number of things, we do that to relieve the pressure of feeling the negative emotion. In fact, I 
kind of look at excuses as like a release valve. You guys ever used a pressure cooker, right? You have that little valve on the top and when the pressure is built up and you need to release it to open it, you just switch this little valve and all the steam comes out. So it's like we're a pressure a pressure cooker of shame and guilt for yelling or doing whatever thing that we didn't want to do. And we just release that valve by spouting off all the excuses. Well, blame, blame, blame. Somebody else's fault. It's not my fault that I did this thing that is not in keeping with my values. Yeah. And if you've noticed, um, it does relief, release a little of the pressure, like in the moment, but in the long run, you don't feel better. And it's just like that bandaid. It hasn't really fixed anything. It just released a little pressure and now you're not yelling anymore, but oh boy, add, add on some more guilt or shame or whatever for having yelled at them for something that you know for was blaming my kid. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and let's let's talk about that for a second. Blaming others for our own behavior. That's like level one in maturity. That's like that's like my three year old. Like it's never his fault. It's like, why are your socks on the floor? <sighs> he didn't pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but instead of feeling badly, we we can resort or devolve down to level one. We can make excuses, shift the blame to other people, other things, other things are um, events, something else other than us. And this is like down there at level one. And (laughs) it doesn't, like I said, in the long run, it doesn't make us feel any better because we know it's not true. It's just a little you know, of pressure that went out. Just a band-aid. Yeah, for sure. Um, So we've got a plan for you guys to help us all eliminate our excuses this year. Um, And I want to just mention right up front that this is some high-level emotional work, you guys. This is hard stuff sometimes to take a really close look at ourselves and our um, motivations and why we do the things that we do and to vow to be better and to vow to hold ourselves accountable with compassion, which we're going to talk about. But, um, we promise that this path really is the path to feeling the most emotionally responsible and to finding more, finding greater joy that, um, is not always easy, but it's worth it. Okay. Step number one, lower your expectations. Surprise, surprise. Guess what? Just like it was all the previous years of the podcast, that's still our tagline. Welcome to 2023. Lower them. <laughs> and we don't mean mean this like in a defeatist, I'm never going to get there, just throw out the plan, devil may care attitude, but rather an acknowledgement that we are human and we're going to have compassion for our mistakes. We are not perfect. And so we're not going to expect ourselves, hold ourselves to that expectation of perfection. Okay. Just lower, a little bit lower. Okay. Now a little bit, a little bit lower yet again. (laughs) And the reason we keep talking about this is because we know what kind of women you are listening to that and, and the handful of men that you are. We love you. We know what kind of people you are. You are the people that shoot for the stars and want everything to be perfect. We get it. We want our lives to be the best they possibly can. However, we are also human beings, and by understanding what we are truly capable of, um, even in our lowest moments when everything seems to be going wrong and we have had no breakfast and we're stressed out and unshowered and all the things are are wearing on us, right? By understanding what we're capable of, even in those moments, we are able to better be set up for success because we allow for those moments of humanity, right? But it doesn't mean we have to just never want anything. It doesn't mean we just play super small and we never make goals and we never want big things. No, make the big goals and the dreams and everything, but take off the pressure. Like stop making it mean such a big deal if your goal takes longer than usual or if you don't hit it the way you thought you would or if something pops up. 
just understand that humanity and um, yeah, we're coming up to that. Talk more about that in a minute. (laughs) Yes. Remind yourself that you are capable of anything you want to do. Like you don't put limitations on yourselves, but not meeting your expectations or not meeting them in the time frame that you were hoping to is not a big deal. Like there's no reason to be stressed. Give it your best shot. See what happens. You will be farther along than where you started. You might not want to be where you wanted to end up, but you're going to be farther along than where you started. And that is gain. That That is positive traction, heading in the right direction that you wanted to go. Yeah, totally. You will always be better off than where you are today if you just head in the right direction. The timing matters so little, right? Okay, so number two is to own up to where you are responsible. So this is where the emotional adult steps in, right? And this requires a little bit of integrity. Yes, very often as mothers, our plans get waylaid because the baby got sick or something else came up or a kid forgot his shoe and I had to go drop it off or it might be just because we slept in or we chose to watch a movie with our spouse instead of doing that thing we promised to do Um, or we really just wanted to eat the darn cookie even though we weren't going to have sugar this week, right? Sometimes we just make choices that are not in alignment with our values and that's okay. Yes. What if, okay, let's try this. What if we looked at our goal as an experiment? Okay. So reframe it, relabel it. What if I tried to avoid sugar and flour for a month, right? Like say, like what would happen? Or what would life look like if I spent 20 minutes of one-on-one time with each kid? Or what if I spent as much time working on my spiritual life as I spent on my phone every day? Like that, then we can look at it more in a, like when my kids do a science experiment, I have them fill out a, a, um, a lab sheet. So you start with your conjecture. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to be the result of this experiment? Okay. So write that down and then perform the experiment and you write down all your lab steps and all your observations and all those things. And then at the end, your conclusion. So did it turn out the way I thought it was? You know, like, was I able to go as long as I thought or spend as much time as I wanted or, you know, that kind of thing. So if we treat it more like an experiment, it it's like somehow taking off the pressure. Mm-hmm. Pressure. It's more, um, more scientific and less emotional, I think is the word I'm looking for. Yes. I love that analogy. Can you imagine if we looked at our, at our eating healthy goal? Let's just keep going with that one. As if it were an experiment. Like when's the last time that a teenager like threw a huge fit because their whatever experiment didn't go off as planned? I mean, maybe if they're trying to make a bomb, that'd make them mad that it didn't work. (laughs) Probably better. Um, But just very curious, right? Like, oh, interesting. I thought I could make it a month. I only made it one week. Apparently I'm a lot more addicted to sugar than I thought. I wonder how I could wean myself off or or I wonder if I need to eliminate it completely or maybe I can allow myself some chocolate on Sunday or, you know, just play with it. Make it a game. Take all this pressure in this, oh, woe is me. I failed again. That's just unnecessary and it makes us feel like garbage. So looking at it this way helps us be more responsible for our actions without making it mean that the world is ending when we quote unquote mess up. Right. It's like stepping. Yeah. It's like stepping outside of ourselves for the observation part. So actually when I got off sugar, I observed that I actually felt really bad for a week, but then I started to feel better after that. So I thought I would feel great immediately. Like that was my Mm -hmm. conjecture or, you know, my hypothesis part, but you know, and it takes us out of that emotional beating ourselves up or blaming other people. And it puts us kind of in that observation mode. So we take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Number three, 
extend yourself the same compassion you would if it was somebody else, one of your children, say. So let's say you have a kid that set a goal and they have not met it in the time they wanted or in the way they wanted. How how much, how would you treat them about it? Um, that is something to apply to yourself. I mean, why not? So we were talking about level one being blaming others. So level two is blaming yourself, like with a guilt, with a scarlet letter flagellation type thing, right? Like, like it doesn't move you any closer to your goal to spend so much time in guilt. Guilt is kind of a motivator, but not a good one. <laughs> it's not going to get you where you, where you want to go with the kind of feeling you want to feel once you've gotten there. Mm-hmm. If you beat yourself up every step of the process, you're just going to kind of be battered and bruised once you get there. So I just wanted to add a little bit in more about guilt because we're thinking, well, I'm not blaming others. I'm blaming myself and I'm the one that's responsible, Mm -hmm. but mm, it doesn't work like that either. Yeah. It does seem like many of us struggle one way or the other. We either struggle with blaming the world around us and this victim mentality, or we struggle with holding ourselves to an completely unrealistic standard that we will never meet. And either way is misery. (laughs) If we can just find a happy medium where we are holding ourselves accountable when we take actions that are not in keeping with our goals, but we also allow for problems to occur and things to pop up and me to just not feel like reaching my goal this day. And that's okay. I'll try again tomorrow. Um, It's so powerful. And I love this idea of treating yourself like you would your own child, right? Stepping out of your brain, being able to look at it compassionately as another person would is really powerful. And looking at it as you would one of your children is even more so. Which of us would see our kid not meet a goal he had made and like make him feel like garbage for it? I hope nobody. (laughs) We would say, hey, bud, that totally happens. That's called being human. I wonder what we can do next time to set you up for success. Or do you want to change this goal a little bit? Is it still something you want to work for? Um, But just nothing but compassion and understanding while allowing them to to stay responsible. Yeah. Yeah. I I am bringing to mind um, one of our previous episodes, one of our favorite previous episodes called Grace versus Excuse. And this is what we're kind of talking about right here is trying to find that middle ground between blaming ourselves too much and blaming others and like that, that adult mature responsibility without just giving ourselves a total pass. Like, yeah, we'll link that one in the show notes. You guys need to go listen to that one too. It, it, it really fits in well right here. Yeah. I like to keep continual awareness when I'm working on a goal that I'm the one that set the goal. Like somebody from outside of me didn't come in and set this goal for me and I've got to meet it or I'm going to be in trouble. Like I set the goal. I set the goal. So I get to decide what success looks like. And if that means I have to modify in the middle because it was, I set my expectations too high. Mm -hmm. Um, that's okay. I'm the one who made up the goal in the first place. I own it. So I can define what success looks like. And it doesn't have to be at the beginning. Like we do this all the time when we're learning something new, like learning to sew. We get more knowledge and we see how our ideas or plans or what we sewed at the beginning wasn't what we want to be doing when we're farther along. Mm -hmm. Like our goals change because we have more knowledge and more experience. And this can happen with our goals too. So if you're the one that set the goal, you're the one with the authority to change it and decide what success looks like. Yes. And I'm a firm believer that we should be enjoying our lives. And if we set a goal or a series of goals for ourselves that makes our life miserable, 
then maybe it's time to reevaluate those goals. <laughs> I used to do this to myself all the time. I would be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sew dresses for all my girls by Christmas time. And it's November and I have four girls. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of the holidays. No, like that's going to make my life miserable. It's not going to make it fun. How about instead I sew them for next summer and I start January, you know, or or I just don't do it at all. Or I just put some cute trim on some store-bought dresses or whatever. Whatever your goal is, it should enrich your life, not make it miserable, is my firm belief. Uh, you may disagree with me and you, you are entitled to. <laughs> okay, so number four, this kind of goes along with this, recalibrate and adjust as needed. Okay. So if I plan, like Audrey was saying, if I plan to run a 10K by the end of March, but I just got sick and was in bed for two weeks, that 10K is probably not going to happen. I might need to reschedule. I might need to adjust it to a different distance or whatever it is, but I get to decide and realize, you know what, in order to keep this enjoyable and make it a fun experience for me, I'm going to change things a little bit because I did not anticipate getting sick. You know what? We can find that balance. We can find that area where we are between holding ourselves accountable to the goals we set for ourselves and acknowledging that we're human and we're not perfect. And I think like maybe that should be part of the goal. Every goal we set, what if we set as part of the goal that we're going to keep this, we're going to be able to recalibrate our goal. So reassess, I'm going to, you know, halfway to my goal, if we, if it has a time limit on it, halfway to my goal, I'm going to reassess and see if that's still a good idea or if it needs to change. (laughs) My husband says to me all the time, why are you so stressed out? You set this goal. You can change this goal. (laughs) He says it to me all that time. And I'm trying to learn, to learn that from him and, and make assessments along the way. Like I set this goal, but now I'm this far and it needs to go this way. You know, like it just, it's okay. I personally like to look at this recalibration as a kind of a fun exercise. Like, okay, how can I still meet this goal? Or how can I meet the important part of this goal? So let's say I wanted to read the New Testament within a specific period of time and I'm not going to make it. But how can I maybe make sure I'm at least reading it three or four times a week or something to change it in a way where I'm not giving up entirely? I'm still going for the goal, which was just to increase my time in the Word of God, right? And still acknowledge that there were some unforeseen setbacks. There were some struggles that I didn't anticipate. Um, I maybe got behind, but I'm still going to try to make this work or or a um, unadjusted version of it. Okay. Number five, here's a suggestion to escape that es- excuse loop is do it with somebody else. <laughs> Surely you're not the only one in the whole world setting that goal that you're wanting to set. I mean, it's January. Everybody's setting goals. Find an accountability partner or find um a cheerleader or find somebody that will exercise with you or somebody in your house who wants to also eat healthier or, you know, you name it. Um, and get, I, I think when we are working on something by ourselves is when we often fall into the excuse or blame or guilt, or we, you know, we start doing all these things, but when like, if our, our accountability partner or our exercise partner says, Hey, I am sick and I can't work out. We're going to say, oh, that's of course. No, fine. Mm -hmm. You know, and give them some grace, like, like we wouldn't extend to ourselves. So that's like a one suggestion that I really like to, to avoid the excuse um, path is to get somebody else involved. Yes. And it does, it does both things, right? It, it keeps you from making excuses because you're 
partner will be like, well, come on, push your, you know, help you push you. And then also help you give yourself more compassion because your partner is also saying, hey, don't push yourself when you're sick. That's a terrible idea or whatever. Oh, you need to spend family time instead of working on this thing that you thought you were going to work on. So yes, partners are a great, great way to reach your goals while still being kind to yourself and acknowledging your humanity. It's especially great if you can find a partner who approaches goals differently from you. So if you are kind of a pusher and tend to try to do your goals, even when you're on your deathbed, maybe you can find somebody who struggles to push themselves and you guys can balance each other out. If you're both like crazy go-getters, you might just kill each other, but <laughs> that's my two cents. <laughs> Finding one that balances you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it also so can work the other way too. If you're prone to just give yourself excuses all the time yep. and you find an accountability partner like that, you guys are never going to move toward yep. your goal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, as a final thought, I want to share with you guys a book that I read recently that I highly recommend. In fact, if I can get Audrey to read it, maybe we'll do a whole episode on it because it was so good. Um, I think I mentioned it once before. It's called The Gap and the Gain, and it's basically talking about this same concept that there is um, always going to be a gap between where we are and where we want to be. But instead, if we focus behind us on how far we've come, that's focusing on the gain. And all of us have come so far in our lives. We've had goals that we've met, that we haven't met, but we've learned from. We've had projects we've tried. We've had jobs we've succeeded at and failed at. We've had so much experience in our life. And to just brush that away as nothing as we focus on the future is really self-defeatist. You know, it's just not a great way to live life to regularly look back at the things you've accomplished and think, that's amazing that last year I did so well on my exercise goal or that last year I did really well for the first quarter and then I kind of dropped off. I wonder if I can last a little longer to just focus on how far we've come is really, really powerful and, and makes us so grateful for the lives that we get to lead. Okay, fine. One of my New Year's goals is to read that book. Who will be my accountability partner? <laughs> There's an audio book. It's quick. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, all right. My final thoughts on this is um, I want to talk about escaping the victim blame loop. <laughs> Whether you're doing that to yourself, um, no, it is. It is us that does that to ourselves. So escaping that is like rising above an, a negativity I don't even know what, what picture to use. It's like a, like quicksand <laughs> and you're sinking in it. And to just escape that, just let that go. So by using one of these five tips that we have shared with you guys and escaping, rising above that quicksand and not getting sucked down into that negativity, like how is negativity going to help you reach your goal? <laughs> Whether it's blaming yourself, blaming others, making excuses, how is any of that going to help you? Because you need positive momentum to reach a goal. That's like what a goal is. It's moving in a positive direction that you've chosen. How is negativity going to help you? <laughs> it's not. It's going to drag you down and drag you backwards. So that's why we're talking about this today. We really want to help you guys get out of that, get your feet out of that quicksand and move forward toward the positive goal that you have made in a way that is attainable and successful for you. Yeah, totally. There's so much power in living our best lives with the caveat of compassion for our humanity, both moving forward and also understanding when we need to give ourselves a break. So let's do this, guys. 2023 is going to be great. Here's to meeting our goals. That's right. You guys have a great week. I'm Bonnie. I'm Audrey. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week.
Oh, time out. Did you see, speaking of the men that listen to our podcast, did you see that comment on YouTube? No. Somebody gives a great comment. I'm assuming it's a guy because the comment was something along the lines of, um, you guys both are so dynamic and have such great personalities and are obviously amazing mothers. How do I find a woman who wants to have a bunch of kids and be like you guys? But I'm like, uh, wrong channel, buddy. <laughs> Although you should probably start a church. That's a good place. Are we are we moving on now? We are. Your okay. turn. Righto. Righto, then. Good chap. <laughs> We should do an entire oh episode goodness. with British with our terrible British um, accent. 